Welcome to the Spark Plug Podcast. Hello, everyone. My name is Luke Turek, and welcome to this episode of the Spark Plug Podcast. This week, we're going to talk about something that every student here at Grace knows a little something about. It takes place three times a week, you've likely been caught up in the swarm of students crossing Kings Highway to get to the MOCC, and you've seen and heard a few speakers and sang some songs there already. It's Chapel. Today we're going to be hearing from a student member of the Chapel team, learning about their role in the overall process of making Chapel services happen, why students are included on the team to begin with, and perhaps even glean a bit of insight into how speakers are chosen for Chapel services. Later, we'll be hearing from another student who was part of a research group last semester that conducted a campus-wide survey to gather student opinions on chapel services. But first, let's start with our chapel team guest. In the studio with us today, we've got Emily Anderson, a third-year senior who happens to be senior coordinator for the student chapel team. Emily, great to have you with us. Thank you. Glad to be here. So first off, what can you tell us about your job on the chapel team? What's your role? How does it fit into the overall production of chapel services? Yeah, so my my role, we have, I think, six people on the team right now. Okay. Um, so the team consists of Brent, who's the only faculty member mm-hmm. of the team, and then the rest of us are all students, which is a really cool aspect of the team. But our, our role generally is to coordinate the week to week. So it's a lot of behind the scenes work, a lot Mm -hmm. of stuff you don't really see that we're, that we're doing, but yeah, we'll be kind of coordinating speaker itineraries. If there are guest speakers that are coming, sometimes that requires airport runs or taking them out to dinner every once in a while, just kind of a meet and greet sort of a thing. The day to day, just general transitions that will happen on stage or off stage. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's a lot of that. We do have a number of chapels throughout the year that are entirely student led. So we actually just had a meeting not long ago where we was, were generally just brainstorming. So we were talking about ideas that we could do, concepts that we could try to execute and make happen this year, mm-hmm. topics that people might need to hear about or, you know, different people we can incorporate. Right. So some of those, yeah, are entirely student-led. We're creating all the content for it. Oh, that's really cool. So you mentioned that a lot of these things come from brainstorming sessions and are kind of student-directed. Are these chapel services themes and topics largely decided just in these brainstorming sections? Or are there, do you guys have like a sort of list of topics that you want to cover throughout the year? So that comes from a, a couple different sources. So okay. um, at the end of each week or beginning of each new week, we'll kind of review how the last week went mm-hmm. and feedback that we've been hearing from people, how a topic went over, whether there was a lot of kind of talk afterwards about what was spoken on. And so some of it comes from that. If we have a chapel that gets a lot of buzz, then sometimes we're like, okay, this is this is something that I think we need to focus on a little bit more. Uh, we might need to revisit. A lot of that does come from just brainstorming. We'll say, we've got an empty slot. What do we want to do with it? What do we think needs to happen? We will talk with the members of our team, which is very cool. They're all from really different areas of campus and kind of have them put feelers out in a mm-hmm. way and see kind of what people are thinking and... Yeah, what, what needs to be talked about as okay. well as topics. Cool. So how do you guys gauge what goes well and what doesn't? Do you just kind of listen around to students around you, like when you go to lunch or something like that? Or are there ways for students to kind of, in a way, submit their reactions to things? Do you guys ever get, like, emails or anything about that sort of thing? Yeah, so that, that comes through on a variety of platforms. There are, with the number of people on the team, 
we'll kind of generally ask people we know okay. or try to pick up from conversations we hear going on. Sometimes if someone feels passionate, they'll send us an email, but those are pretty rare. And so it's actually really encouraging to get emails, whether they're good feedback or bad feedback. It's just good to know what people are thinking. And so that was a transition that we made this year with launching an Instagram page. Oh, Um, okay. We started realizing that people are much more likely to give feedback if it's through like a direct message Mm -hmm. rather than an email. Right. So plus it's plus it's something familiar like Instagram. Yeah, exactly. It's it's a familiar platform. And so it's I guess it seems less daunting in a way. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So we've received more feedback that way, which is so cool. I actually got a chance to sit down with a student the other just I think it was last week. She just had some thoughts and it was super cool to hear what she was thinking. So for a lot of people it's daunting to give feedback, but we really just appreciate what we can get because it's we want to tailor chapel to what the campus needs, but if we don't know what the campus needs, we can't do that. Right, right. So it's it's really great to get feedback, and we've started to realize, especially with that Instagram page, we're getting more. Have any students ever approached you, the team, via whether it be in person or via email, ideas of their own that they'd like to see in chapel? Yeah, we've gotten that a couple different times. People saying, hey, this is an area of campus that we don't see rep- represented very much, whether right. that's arts or whether that's Mm -hmm. athletes that are coming to us and saying, hey, we really would like to hear this more. Or this was a chapel that struck this idea in my head and this is kind of what came from that. Hmm. Um, Sometimes that's groups of people that come forward. And so usually chapel sessions are scheduled pretty far in advance, but it's cool to see what we can make happen. Hmm. And a lot of things we can make happen. So whether that's in an actual chapel session or coordinating an extra event that can happen with that person or group of people. So yeah, we have had people reach out before and it's cool to see what comes of that. Is there anything specific you guys do when looking around for speakers and inviting them in for chapel? Yeah, speakers generally have to be planned pretty far in advance. So a lot of the guest speakers we have coming in have to be flown in or speak at a variety of places. So Mm -hmm. they have, they already have a schedule. So With that feedback that I mentioned earlier that we do after each Mm -hmm. session, sometimes we'll analyze, okay, is this someone that we want back? Is this someone that we could see benefiting our campus again? Mm -hmm. So sometimes we'll shoot them an email or a phone call pretty quickly and say, hey, we'd love to have you back next year or the year after. So sometimes it happens in that manner. It's someone that we have heard before. Sometimes with my role, I've had a little bit more to do on that side with kind of trying to come up with people that would maybe be new to the campus or that might represent a different voice. So yeah, a lot of that comes from brainstorming, keeping your ears to the ground in a way and kind of seeing, yeah, what we think might benefit the campus in that way. Okay, cool. So in regards to like how chapel overall is themed, in most chapel sessions, you've got the chapel man comes up for a bit, they do a few songs, and then you have your speakers or whatever. How much... I guess, oversight or influence does the chapel team have in regards to like the music and stuff? Is that mostly just left up to the band themselves or do you guys kind of work together on that? That is a bit of both, actually. Okay. Sometimes it's a little bit more of a collaboration and All sometimes right. it's more the chapel, the chapel band that does that. So Sarah Clemens mm-hmm. is the head worship director. And so she is usually the one that oversees all of that. She coordinates, you know, who's going to be on the band that week and what songs are going to be singing. However, if we have a chapel on a specific topic, sometimes we'll say we would really love to hear songs that 
have to do with this or kind of tackle this same topic as well. Sometimes we hear speakers that say like, I'm going to be talking about this and this is a song that I see reflects that really well. And so kind of sometimes it's us, sometimes it's the speakers and sometimes it's kind of all their own. Interesting. Uh, I was asking around for ideas for interview questions earlier on one student suggested asking about whether or not there's any plans for making sort of more interactive chat services. Yeah, so it's it's been really cool to see the different team that we have this year. We only had two returning students. Oh, okay. And everyone else is brand new to the team. Interesting. And so with brand new students on the team, we're finding brand new perspectives as well. So we are in the process of coordinating a few different services, all, you know, one of those student-led services. Mm-hmm. And every single time that we're brainstorming one, they say, we want something interactive. Okay. We want something where students are going to be a part of it a bit more, whether that's a question prompted and they have something that, you know, they're going to be doing during the service or Mm -hmm. something afterwards. Yeah, especially with our theme this year being together, we we want it to be something where you're not just listening Mm -hmm. the whole time, something where you're you're a part of it. Interesting. So kind of like how with during some of the roundtable ones, there will be a phone number up on screen for students to text Mm -hmm. questions and stuff too. Are the things you're thinking of kind of just along the lines of that or like having a microphone for students to come up to, anything like that? Yeah, yeah. So we've, we have done those kind of Q&A platforms before. Um, we have thought about, we have a couple different sessions where people are able to, yeah, grab the microphone. We've had some things, I think it was Christmas Chapel last year. We had everyone write down something on a piece of paper and we had like a snowball fight. Oh, right. I do remember it. that. So, yeah, that's a yeah we get kind of creative sometimes and it's fun to see what we can make happen. But yeah, those come in a variety of different ways. On a sort of similar note, I guess, for kind of more special events, chapels like mm-hmm. that. Midnight chapels, are those still your sort of wheelhouse or are those more independent? Those are another student-led chapel that we get to do. Okay. So that's another one. Brent has nothing to do with that chapel for the most part. He loves to just let us kind of have free reign with it. Oh, cool. So that was something we actually discussed that today in our meeting. Oh, cool. Um, Brought it up today, and it was something that we're starting to plan out. So, yeah, that's something that we get to do. We get to kind of incorporate our own ideas and, again, incorporate that feedback a little bit Mm -hmm. see how can students kind of get more involved with chapel production stuff? Like, how did you end up joining the student chapel team? So I, when I joined the team, I took the leadership class that's offered in the spring. All right. So in order to be involved in any leadership position, you have to, you're required to take that class. And it's just kind of a general, general kind of, they talk about how to develop leadership skills and how to collaborate with people. Um, really great class. And there's always snacks. So that's fun. Ooh, that's an incentive. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was taking that class and they offer a list during that class of the different departments that hire leadership students and the different opportunities there that are available. So that was initially how I had found out about the team and decided it was something that I, yeah, really wanted to pursue. Ended up pursuing it, went through my first year, and realized that this was really a spot that I fit in. And that was where I could have an impact in helping that voice, the voice of the campus, get out. Interesting. That's really cool. Yeah. Was on the team last year, absolutely loved it, and was approached about being the senior coordinator this year. And have really, really loved being able to get students' voices heard and to be able to tailor chapel to what people are going to need. 
and seeing how sometimes we completely hit the nail on the head mm -hmm. and sometimes it is a swing and a miss right. <laughs> and kind of taking that in stride and learning from everything. So yeah, for to answer, circle back to your question, mm -hmm. <laughs> how students can get involved, that's, that's a way they can do it. With our team of students, we are trying to make ourselves approachable in a way. So we are all, you know, we're all a part of the chapel team and we all are eager to answer questions. Mm -hmm. So talking with some person is an opportunity, reaching out on that Instagram page or through an email are ways that people can find out a little bit more about how to get involved if they if they have ideas of their own and want to kind of pitch them to us, mm -hmm. we love hearing those. If they just have feedback, whether that's, I love chapel or nah, I wasn't a fan. Right. It's, it's good to hear that. Okay. Interesting. Well, thanks for being in here again with us, Emily. And we'll maybe see you in the future. Yeah, thank you. That was Emily Anderson, Senior Coordinator for the Student Chapel Team. If you'd like to learn more about our chapel services and how they're run, feel free to email them at chapel at grace.edu or follow them on Instagram, username Grace College Chapel. Joining me now in the studio is a student who last semester was part of a research group that conducted a study on student chapel experience. She's a senior by credits and just so happens to be my older sister. Ladies and gentlemen, Sarah Turek. Hi, Luke. Thanks for having me on the podcast. Thanks for being here. All right, so you want to talk about my research project that I did last school year, right? Yes. Okay, so it was all about determining factors of student chapel experience. This was for communication research methods taught by Pat Loeb's, and we were split into groups, and we had to find something that we could study on campus that was relevant, not just something random that we were interested in. Lots of people had been talking about the new chapel format, so that's kind of what influenced us to figure out what factors of chapel were the most important or the most impactful on students. So for those of you who don't know, last year is when they introduced the Tuesday, Thursday, Friday chapel. Before then, it was Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and freshmen had their 8 a.m. to chapel to about 1 o'clock classes, so freshmen really had a hard time on Wednesdays. I, for one, am glad I did not have to experience this. Yeah, you get it easy now. So some schedule changes, and also last year with the new Tuesday Chapel, they had it more student-led and just a little bit different format. So that is why we started studying this. And we started with a whole bunch of background research about different factors of teaching, music. A lot of it had to do with music because... A lot of students were discussing on campus how there wasn't as much music on Tuesday chapels. So we were learning how music affects storytelling, message retention, memory, all sorts of things like that. Interesting. Our hypothesis was that music is a significant factor of student chapel experience. Just because so many people were talking about it, we figured this is probably a significant factor. Our research question was, is music a significant factor in the student chapel experience at Grace College? Through a ton of background research looking at lots of studies done at universities, we found that music positively impacts attention, mood, message perception, and message retention. Specifically, uh, one study in Finland found that music activates the hippocampus, and so that really benefits memory, makes sure that you're going to remember whatever was happening associated with the music. And music combined with storytelling improves concentration, social interaction, memory, and message recall. 
it's interesting to me that it in improves social interaction because that means if you're combining music with storytelling, combining music with the message during chapel or really anything, that means people later on are going to be talking about it. They have a reason to connect and talk about a common experience that they just had, which leads to better social interaction and cements the memory of the message that they just learned. So it's just a really good setup. Then we also found a study done with a college audience specifically. So they sat down a bunch of college students and played a bunch of fake radio ads and had them fill out how much they had learned or remembered from these different advertisements. And it was all really about the music. They were mm. all the same ads, just different music. Okay. If it was really distracting music, they didn't have any message retention. They didn't know what the ad was for. Their comments were just like, this is annoying or, you know, that kind of thing. What this study found was that relevant music boosts message retention and understanding. So you can see this happening sometimes in chapel. If, if it's a serious message, then there's going to be slower pace, you know, somber music usually to go with it. Not right, a right. really upbeat, like, <laughs> you know, happy song. That probably wouldn't go over well. No, but then on other days where it's a more uplifting message, it makes sense when there's music that's very upbeat and encouraging and keeping people going. Right, just kind of getting everyone in the audience kind of in the mood for what's going to be presented. Right. And at least from the small amount of experience I've had on, you know, with the worship team at church at home, you tend to have phrases or messages that are very closely related to the sermon because you're really trying to drive home that main message, which makes sense. Like science has shown that like you can use music to really make people remember a message, which is really cool. And that can be used in classes if you have the right kind of music playing. Just, you know, in the background when you're studying or whatever, you can remember things a lot better. That's why people study with music. So that's the background research. Leading into where we actually interviewed and surveyed students on campus, you can see why we're, we were starting to feel confident that, yes, music's probably going to be a significant factor. So we had an online survey that was completely anonymous, sent out via email. And then we also had a focus group, completely volunteer, completely anonymous, we had dis like disclosure form, non-disclosure forms oh, wow. and everything. So like we, we covered all the bases. You have to fill out like a really in-depth form to get permission to do this because it's... Really? It's technically like, I don't know if it's human experimentation. I can't remember oh. what it's called anymore. It, I mean, we weren't experimenting on anyone. I sure hope not. No, but you have to fill out a bunch of forms because you have humans involved in your uh, science project. All right. Well... At Grace College, we take our research studies very seriously. Yes. I mean, it is for communication research methods. You learn how to do everything by the letter, which is good. It's just a little odd to do that for the first time. Our survey questions included first, just what year are you at Grace College? So we knew what was going on with our audience. If they were all freshmen, they wouldn't know anything different from the chapel format. So that wouldn't be super helpful to us. Right. And we asked, what is your most favorite aspect or most important aspect of chapel which day of chapel are you most likely to skip how is your mood affected by chapel and what do you consider worship because we had the suspicion that some people might think that music like worship songs were the more like prevalent form of worship oh okay as opposed to you know acts of service right. reading your bible praying we had all these different options for people to select okay the people that took the survey were over 90 percent upperclassmen so sophomores and above 
that means that they had all experienced the two different forms of chapel and would have a more informed opinion, which was really helpful for us. Okay. And unsurprisingly, when we ask the question, what is your favorite or most important aspect of chapel? Worship music was the highest one. I was not expecting it to be over 55%. Oh, really? Yeah. So after worship music at just about 55% was followed by the message of chapel, just over 20%, and then skits and videos followed by testimonials. When we asked, which day of chapel are you most likely to skip? Tuesday took the lead at about 55%, hmm. followed by Friday at 45 and Thursday at just over 20 So we know that this isn't just because of the, you know, how chapel was set up. This is also based on people's class schedules, work schedules. A lot of people leave on Friday because they want to have a three-day weekend. It's not just because of what's going on in chapel, but they are more likely to skip Tuesdays. Right. And some quotes that we got from the survey include, I like worship best and we don't have worship on Tuesday, or I feel closer to God through music and there usually isn't music on Tuesday. One person said that chapels that don't have music leave them drained. And just a lot of people talk about how much they look forward to the music. I wouldn't have expected the comment about it being draining without the music. Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, it's anonymous, so we can't right. find out who that was and ask them any more details. <laughs> For the question where we asked, how is your mood affected by chapel? There were a whole bunch of options ranging from inspired, motivated, frustrated, happy, sad, discouraged. We just wanted to have a full range of possible emotions so that we wouldn't be biased and have only like, I was not happy, you know, that kind of thing. Right, we wanted right. to have a range of options both positive and negative and neutral, uh, unaffected. That was mm -hmm. the neutral option. Just so that people could fill in exactly how they felt leaving chapels. The highest answer at 50% was, I leave unaffected. Wow. Yeah, that, that was unfortunate. I can imagine. And you presented this to the chapel team with like Brent Mancarelli and all the higher ups with that, right? Yes. We had a lot of the uh, the higher up faculty, staff, professors of grace. It was a kind of an intimidating thing to do presenting this information. I can imagine. Yeah. It was useful information, but it wasn't as positive as we would have liked. Right. Moving on, the <laughs> next question that we had asked in the survey was, what do you consider worship? And we had options like music, serving, reading the Bible, meditation, prayer, or other where they could fill in what they believed was, and it was usually a combination, so right, that made right. sense. And the highest at almost 50% was music, and then at about 35% was other where they said various combinations of the things, which made sense, and then way, way less... All about 5% and less were serving, reading the Bible, prayer, and then meditation. I think maybe one person selected that because it's wow. about 1%. So that shows that the vast majority of our sample said music was what they considered worship, which is indicative of the rest of the student body also thinking that worship is music. Hmm. And... That can be frustrating if you want to do something different or if right. the chapel team doesn't have time to practice every day and perform every day. You know, mm -hmm. I can see when there's a lot of scheduling restraints or what if you want to do something cool and interactive, Right. but the students don't think it's worship. Like, I, I just, I can empathize with the 
chapel team trying to get the students to get involved. Mm -hmm. After this survey, we compiled some questions to ask the focus group based on some of these results and say, hey, this is what most of these students said. What do you think? And a lot of the students, again, talked about how they liked the music, although some said they didn't like the music as much because it wasn't a style that they were familiar with or a fan of, so they preferred Tuesdays. Oh, really? Yeah, because, you know, there's so many different styles of music, and some people, if you don't connect with the music, you're just turned off and mm -hmm. not paying attention the rest of the time. Right. And I know, again, from our home church, if someone doesn't like the music, they let you know. Oh, yeah, that they do. It was interesting during this focus group because these students, you know, had these very strong opinions and they felt like they didn't have an outlet or a place to share this with the chapel team. Oh, really? Yeah, they they expressed that they they wanted to have a voice. They wanted to have input on how chapel goes on the format, the music choices. You know, they just wanted to have more of a voice and more input because they feel like they're just kind of listening. You know, they're not... Mm -hmm interacting they're not getting to have a voice in this and this this was really good to know this was really useful for our presentation to say that there are students who have opinions about this and would like would like to be more involved or they would be much more invested if different music was introduced every once in a while or if there were more interactive activities and actually the interactive activities was a huge part of it there were students in the focus group that remembered specific chapels with interactive elements from two years prior. Hmm. Yeah, they remembered the message. They could basically paraphrase or exactly quote what they were told to do during the interactive portions. And they had a very, much stronger memory of these events because they got up and moved around. They would answer questions with people next to them or they got to get up and actually physically do things. And I think there's a real opportunity for more interactive elements of chapel. And I know that hugely depends on what speaker is there, what they want to do, what your schedule allows. But I do know from this focus group and from the research study that we did that there is room and opportunities for interactive elements to really make people engaged and pay attention and remember things for a really long time. Right. I remember hearing last year some people talking about one chapel service that might have been like a year or two prior that I think fits this description where the chapel area was kind of turned into an area with a bunch of little tables and there are sorts of like little artifacts scattered about like old bibles and other historical documents that people could go to like flip through and physically handle and kind of get that extra connection to what was being presented on. Right. That was a day of worship. I th I want to say I want to say that was the day of worship in 2016 or maybe 2017. I don't know. I wasn't actually there. I was concussed at the time, so don't quote me on the actual date. Speaking of which, this actually relates, I promise. After we had done the presentation, we were, you know, talking about it with the staff and faculty there, and we were told like, yeah, this is really useful we need to be like the chapel team or whoever, like there, there needs to be more of this interaction going on. So we get more feedback from students more frequently. So mm -hmm. things can be changed or adapted or responded to. And at the end of the presentation, since we had kept explaining how we wanted to stay unbiased, we didn't want to put our personal opinions into this. We were just asking the questions and presenting the information as neutrally as possible. 
at least one person had said, oh, it would have been interesting to see what your opinions were, like that could have been useful in it. And I know some of us had very strong opinions. Oh, yeah. I did not, but that's because I watched Chapel via live stream. Like I just watch a, a live video of it because if I'm there in person, it'll give me a really bad migraine because of my post-concussion syndrome right. stuff. So I watch it very detached, impersonal, just watching this video. It's live. I still know what's going on, but I have very little connection to what's going on. So this whole research thing was just very, very almost clinical for me. I'm like, hmm, what, what do the students think? What do they think about this? How do they feel? I don't know. I don't <laughs> really have a stake in this. So with the comments about wanting to get the sort of feedback more often, could that potentially include doing a survey like this again, perhaps at the end of this school year or semester? Oh, I th it's so easy to put together surveys. You can use Google Forms, SurveyMonkey. You can do use different things. I think it would be very easy to put together the surveys and send them out. Gathering the data and sifting through it is another matter. Okay. I do think it would be feasible. I'm not on the chapel team, so I can't speak for them. Mm -hmm. But I do believe that it would be possible to conduct more of these surveys more frequently just to get a better handle on what the students are, uh, you know, positively receiving, whether they're not learning something, you know, just what factors of chapel are they actually responding to. At the conclusion of our research, we had found that our hypothesis was supported by our survey and focus group results that music is indeed a significant factor of the student chapel experience. The students feel strongly about their chapel experience, and they want to have more input and feel more invested in what's going on. There are definitely opportunities for this, and we also learned that through our research, music can have a huge impact on people's memory, how well they learn and understand a message, and this could be applied to classrooms as well. So this is very useful all across the board. So, with all this in mind, what do you think, listeners? Leave us a comment below and tell us about your own chapel experience, things that you enjoy about it, things that you think could be improved upon, or what you'd like to see in the future. If you have any thoughts that you'd like to share with the chapel team themselves, you can shoot them an email at chapel at grace.edu to give them your feedback, be it positive or constructive. And in the coming weeks, as you come into chapel, take a minute to think about what you're seeing and hearing, and how it all goes together. Thank you, Sarah and Emily, for joining us on this episode. This has been the Spark Plug Podcast. We hope you enjoyed, and remember to tune in next time. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Spark Plug Podcast. This podcast is a production of the Communications Program at Grace College. If you're looking for more information about the program or updates about the Languages, Literature, and Communications Department, you can always visit our website at grace.edu slash llc. Again, that's grace.edu slash llc. Thanks so much for listening.